I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome back. <laughs> I think I say it like that every time. Welcome back, because I'm just so You're excited. Just so excited. Every so time. happy to be here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, we are so excited to be talking to you again. And we wanted to start off with a little, how was your week? So, Katie Hale, how was your week? Oh, <laughs> do tell. It, <laughs> it was a it was a week. Um, yeah, COVID finally got our family. Mm. Luckily, we're all fine, all totally good now, out of isolation. But uh, we kind of had it back to back, so we ended up in the ER with my baby, and he got it. And then at the end of his isolation period, I finally got it. So we had like a double. <laughs> double whammy of that whole deal so you know it's just it's a whole different world being sick when you have a sick baby to take care of at the same time so luckily thankfully we are all fine everything is good but it was just a little bit of a stretch it was a stretching week for us (laughs) that I'm really sorry oh I'm sorry that's all I have to say I'm sorry that's such a bummer um COVID isolation is a bummer it's a bummer yeah we live in like a tiny little one bedroom granny flat right now too and so you know, my husband's working from home and baby's crying just and there. none of us are sleeping and there's snot everywhere. And it's just, it mm. was quite an adventure. Yeah. That sounds nice. <laughs> You're like, man, I'm so bummed I'll have a baby I, right now. Yeah. Man, this is the worst. Uh, no, but my week has been long. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, probably not quite that long, but well, it's not about comparing. <laughs> no, it's okay. no, no, but um. Just we are in full swing for a really big church event in the mm-hmm. office right now. And um, all of the little fine details are coming into greater focus right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's yeah. so much to do. It's a big job. <laughs> yeah, I was literally I was driving the other day and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to throw up. I was like, there's just so much Just so do. nauseous and overwhelmed. And then I was hit with the you're being so dramatic. You actually need to calm down. And I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. And you're also like not the center of the universe. So you just do your job the best you can. Yeah, exactly. This event is not resting solely on my shoulders, believe it or not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what I was believing for a moment, you know. But anyways, sounds like we both had some writing long weeks. Yes. And I... I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yes, very happy to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Yeah. This is one of the conversations that we wanted to have from the beginning of brainstorming this podcast. And... It's a bit of a vulnerable one for both of us, but I think it's an important one to discuss because if we don't, we're going to be hit by surprise as Christian young adults in the world today. But we want to talk about failure today. Yeah. And this feels like a very broad topic. There's Mm -hmm. lots of things within it, but failure is something that is going to touch your life in one way or another, no matter who you are, no Mm -hmm. matter how good you've lived this Christian life. Mm -hmm. Failure is a part of living in a fallen world. Yeah, it is. And I think an important distinction is that there's two kinds of failure, two aspects of failure that we want to distinguish between today. And Mm -hmm. one is a moral failure, the failure of sin, right? So something rooted in pride or desire or fear, any of those things, examples would be something like David and Bathsheba Mm -hmm. or, you know, Peter denying Jesus, right? Those are failures that all of us will face at one point or another. And then there's also the failures of, uh, of life, of living in the world, the failures (laughs) of what I would like to call like disappointment, right? Where you feel as if the world has failed you, where Mm -hmm. you feel as if 
life has not gone the way you wanted to, yeah. or even if you feel like God has yeah. disappointed you or let you down or forgotten you. These ones are really difficult to reconcile. I think yeah. the second category, it's easy to kind of question, you know, isn't God for me? <laughs> isn't right. he directing me? It doesn't the Bible promise that those that are faithful to God are going to prosper, right? Like how does that right. fit in to what we believe to be true about God? Yeah. And I think that this is something too, there's kind of a, I would venture to say a misconception that once you become a Christian or you've devoted yourself to the Lord, that somehow life changes and life doesn't change at all, but rather, you know, the tools we have for life. And I think that this, this misconception lends itself to people feeling really, like you said, disappointed or failed by God mm -hmm. because they're thinking, this is what I thought this was going to be like and it's nothing like that. And why why has God abandoned me? You know, that's one thing that I've heard a lot of from people who have walked away from the church or people's testimonies. Mm -hmm. And it's this feeling that God has abandoned them. And I think that that comes from maybe, not in every case, but maybe this wrong view of what what life with God's going to look like. Yeah, I think we have misconceptions in our immaturity mm -hmm. <laughs> about what God has promised us or what God owes us or what the Bible says about life as a believer. And we can fall into this trap of believing that walking with God and walking in God's will means prosperity, yeah. means ease or, you know, a life of constant blessing without any difficulty. Right. Uh, but we would like to challenge you today with the thought that what if God's will includes challenges, yeah. right? What if God's will for you could even include failure mm -hmm. at times and difficulty? And the comforting thing is that all of these things God uses for his glory, right? Yeah. And for his purposes. And uh, it's not all doom and gloom. Yes, exactly. Your failures or the ways that you've been failed by the world or your shortcomings are not an exception from this God uses all things to his glory yeah. thing. You know, God uses, he truly does use all of these things to build his kingdom mm -hmm. and to bring people closer to his heart. He can't, it's, this isn't something that he can't use. Right. You know, he is not limited by things that we're limited by. Mm -hmm. uh, and while failure stings, it's not a death sentence, right? Yeah, I love that. And I think uh, that's a big part of what we're going to be talking about today is failure is not final. It right. is, um, that is not the the end of your life or the end of your faithfulness with Christ or the end of God's faithfulness to you. It's just, it is a part of life and it's mm -hmm. a part of being in a sinful world. Yeah. I think an interesting aspect of failure, right, is the fact that there is an opportunity within it that God can use it or allow it mm -hmm. as an opportunity for growth for um for learning right yeah. for bringing things to light bringing clarity to situations and also for greater intimacy and yeah. dependency on himself like those are all that beauty from the ashes that we're talking about here that he yeah. can bring about that he can and does bring about through failures yeah absolutely i on this note i i think about maybe it's like a really cool trip or something mm -hmm. like that with your friends and it's bonding in a way that just normal conversation couldn't be mm -hmm. and it's the same way with honestly really hard seasons and yeah. traumatic events maybe that bring people together and it bonds them and i think it's not 
not so different with the Lord. You know, God uses these things, whether that's the highs of the things we find most beautiful, doing the things that we love, or it's the lows of the failures. He's going to use that to draw us to his heart and bond us to him, bring us closer. Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier for those things to bring us closer to the Lord if we're not surprised mm-hmm. when these things happen in life. Obviously, yes. there's like, you know, things that are totally shocking <laughs> that you could never expect. But if we're totally surprised that there's any difficulty in our lives or that we have failings as human beings, yeah. right, it's going to be really difficult and it's going to be really tempting to blame God or to question God or to wonder where he is in the midst of it. Right. But we should not be surprised that failure exists in the world. The Bible is full of examples that enforce the yeah. idea of failure and disappointment as a fact of human experience, right? We live yeah. in a sin-filled world. Yeah. There's examples literally from the beginning, right? With, you know, you have Adam and Eve. <laughs> they face some <laughs> serious failure and some serious disappointment. Yeah. There's Cain and Abel immediately following that. <laughs> Hugely disappointing. Abraham and Sarah, they had their fair share of yeah. disappointments and also massive moral, moral yeah. failings. Joseph. Aaron and Miriam, all of these uh, characters and so many more in the Bible face situational struggles as well as complicated (laughs) moral failings and times where they fall short. And, you know, there's harm at the hands of others. There's disappointment in the way that things turn out. There's questioning God. There's all of these different things. So we Mm -hmm. shouldn't be surprised that the world around us, those around us, Uh, that we fall short. Right. If these people who are the ones that have (laughs) made it into the Bible, that God is saying these stories are worth sharing because his faithfulness is worth sharing, Mm -hmm. not because these lives are without failure or these lives are without struggle. It's because God has used them. And I think that that should be a great encouragement to us that the Bible is, like Katie's saying, full of people who have experienced failure or who have failed morally and God isn't done with them after they fail. In fact, a lot of the times this failure is kind of the ignition for the, the big story. So you Mm -hmm. could say, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think that that is such a good illustration of what, what life with God is like. Yeah. I also think it's important to remember that, you know, especially this, narrative right in the old testament and all these different stories they're not prescriptive necessarily they're not telling you like hey this is the example of a life like lived for the lord (laughs) but they're helpful to reveal god's covenant faithfulness Mm -hmm. right to establish his character and the way that he deals with his people but also to comfort (laughs) i think to comfort us that there is nothing new under the sun like in ecclesiastes right that there is literally no new human experience yeah. right there's there's differences in culture there's differences in technology and complicated you know the way that we interact with each other whatever but the human experience yeah. from the beginning of time <laughs> has been a shared experience of you know disappointment and struggle yeah. and you know everything from infertility to mm-hmm. sibling rivalry to like all these different struggles none of these things should really catch us off guard right or shock us Yeah, exactly. They've been around since truly the beginning. But there are things that these failures reveal, right? And um, and 
sometimes that is revealing our own weaknesses. Yeah. And this shouldn't be something that we just gloss over, right? Right. So we fail when we're impulsive and that impulsivity, even though something it's something happening in our brains, it's a weakness. Mm-hmm. Or we fail when we rely on our own strength yeah. or we fear others or hiding our sins. Yeah. It's all things that reveal a weakness to be addressed, right? Yeah. I'm so thankful that, you know, God doesn't leave us where we are. That cliche of, mm-hmm. you know, he loves us where we are, but too much to leave us there. Yeah. The failures that we live out in our lives, right? They're all opportunities for us to turn to the Lord, mm-hmm. <laughs> for for God to grow us and sanctify us and change us. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean that we accept these things as, right. you know, it's, it's normal. Like, <laughs> this is just who I am, right? Yes. Like, I'm just a fearful person or, you know this is something that I'm doomed to struggle with forever. There are things that we have the opportunity to to deal with, with the mm. Lord. We take these situations and the clarity that they bring as direction and as an opportunity to resolve these things with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. These, these failures don't have to be, like we've been saying this whole time, but these failures don't have to be just something we live with for the rest of our lives and this is well this is like the the dark patch of my life of something that happened that I'll never be able to like no there's growth that can come from it Mm -hmm. God we don't want to have these be wasted opportunities right because failures are a part of this life and they're going to come whether you bring it on yourself or the world throws them at you they're going to come and we right. have the opportunity to either grow from it and see it as an opportunity to draw closer to the Lord mm-hmm. and um, and really cling to him. Yeah. Or we or it becomes a, a point of division between us and him because we let shame creep in or we let disappointment creep in. Right. And that's just the enemy would love nothing more than for these failures to be final right. <laughs> than this, than these failures to be a death sentence, you yeah. know? Um, That's great. It's yeah. just, they're opportunities. And I think that once you start viewing failure as an opportunity, it, um, it doesn't remove the sting mm-hmm. because failure has sting. <laughs> right. But, but it also, it invites the Lord into the situation. Absolutely. It's, it takes the temptation away to just, you know, put it all on your back yeah. and carry it and muscle through it and yes. figure it out. And it brings an opportunity for you to grow in dependence on the Lord. And I think another important aspect of failure as a believer is that it's an effective teacher. Yeah. It's a refining fire. It shows what's really right. what's really there. It shows what's really under the surface. It brings light to the hidden things in our lives. And you know, it can reveal idolatry, yeah. things that we've trusted in or hoped in that are not the Lord. Yes. It can challenge our beliefs. It can challenge, what do I actually think about God? Yeah. Right? If I'm so disappointed or if I'm so angry, right? what do I actually believe about do him? Do I believe he's sovereign? Do I believe he's good? Do I believe that he has yeah. good plans for me? Yeah. Well, and is, even just on a practical level, right, is my theology right. correct? Like, is my theology actually what the Bible is yeah. saying and communicating? Like, is what I think about God and what he's promised, is it true? Mm. Or is it just what I would like to believe? Or is yeah. it, you know, is it what I've been taught or is it what's true? Yeah. And I think, like I said before, it also can create dependence on God, which yeah. is the best lesson that we can learn. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this so many times in different conversations, yes. you and I specifically, but there is 
no more important lesson <laughs> than to realize who God is and who we yes. are. Yes. Right. And the, yeah. how, where we fit into <laughs> yeah, that equation. Yeah, where we are on the totem pole. We're low. Exactly. We're really low exactly. on the totem pole. <laughs> but also to see in these seasons that, you know, he is God. He is sovereign. Yes. He is holy above all things, but also he's intimate. He's personal. Yes. He, he cares. The Bible says he's our fortress and our refuge yeah. in times of trouble that he carries us like literally on his back that, you know, we can hide under the shadow of yeah. his wings that we can rest in his peace. And like, that's incredible. Yeah. I think the temptation, at least for me in the past, um, I guess we're already diving into my failures, but uh, <laughs> no, but it's, it's to, um, you know, hold God at an arm's length and say, no, no, no. Like I, you know, I have to figure this out. I'm going to cover it. Yeah. I've got, you know, I got this. You don't have to worry. Yeah. It's on me. Like I got it. <laughs> let, me, let me put this all together let and bring just, it to you. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> let me just clean it up really fast. Yes. And it's like, no, that is quite yeah. literally the opposite of what God wants us to do because right. he is there to take on our burdens and he he died for our shortcomings yes. and he died for the opportunity to have that kind of intimacy exactly and that that direct relationship with us and i think of every time i've held god at an arm's length because i was afraid that he was going to think less of me mm -hmm. <laughs> that that made me weak and that's just not how god works yeah you know, I think of, you know, a relationship between an earthly parent and a child. And yeah. would you really want your child not to come to you if they were experiencing something like this? Would you think less of them? Would you think that they were weak? Right. Or would you love them less? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no. Yeah. Like, even as somebody who is not a parent, I can say the answer is no. Yeah. And so this whole concept has revealed in me this shortcoming of, you know, holding God at an arm's length. Yeah. it. What you're saying right now makes me think of the idea of having childlike faith, right? Of how mm. Jesus constantly pointed towards children and towards their yes. innocence and their dependence and their understanding as something to strive for yes. as a believer, right? And I think about babies or little kids yes. and when they're hurt or when they're scared, like their mm. instinct is to turn towards their parent, right? Their instinct yeah. is to turn toward, to reach out, to like ask for that intimacy. That's what they are wired to do. And we yeah. kind of grow out of that. But what God is asking us when he's asking us to be childlike is to rewire those right. kinds to of responses. That. Yeah, yeah. That innocence to rewire that. And, you know, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, but to re train ourselves to turn towards the Lord, to reach out to him instead mm -hmm. of hiding and running and fixing and covering up yes. and um, questioning and figuring out on our own, right? That our first instinct, yeah. the best thing we can do is turn to the Lord, you know, literally like lift our arms up to him, like Abba, Father, like yes. enter this situation with me. I'm seeking relationship in the middle of this kind mm. of thing. And he's, he's there. He's, he's not, we don't have to convince him. We don't have to call out for him. Right. Like he is available and he is there. Yeah. Like I don't have to do a, a 10 page presentation about no. like why you, why you, why you should help me out of this situation. Yeah. No, God no. wants to be there in the midst of these failures. Even if they're our own moral failures right. coming to him and saying, Lord, forgive me. Right. I messed up. Right. And he removes it as far as the East is from the West because he is not a God that's going to hold grudges yeah. or withhold forgiveness. He, he doesn't want there to be barriers between you and him. Yeah. He's going to remove them. 
Um, and that that is his faithfulness right. in these in these moments of failure. Yeah. So we've talked about the fact that failure is inevitable, but why does it still hurt so bad? Yeah. <laughs> Inevitability doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us, right? Right. But it's painful. And I, I think the answer for this is that we were made for eternity. Yeah. We were made for abundant life. We were made and created to have complete satisfaction in the Lord. Yeah. We're always going to long for that. We're always going to long for more than we can have in this life because it's it's our design. It's, yeah. it's what he's created us for. <laughs> so back to that C.S. Lewis quote exactly, from uh, Exactly. Exactly. I thought about putting it in there. I was like, no, that's, that's gratuitous at it's this a point. Little, uh, they get it. They get overkill. it. <laughs> they get it. But yeah, I the idea that that longing inside of us points to the fact that we were made for yeah. those things and it's always going to feel wrong and yes. <laughs> and unnatural and awful when somebody dies or yeah. when things are disappointing or when we feel alone because those are the opposite of the things that we were created for. Right, absolutely. When I was reading through our our show notes for this episode, I really just feel like I got this picture of like this beautiful lavish party like you've seen you see it through Instagram photos or you see it in a magazine <laughs> and it's gorgeous and there's delicious food and the flowers are perfect and everybody's dressed beautifully mm -hmm. and so you know it can be done because here it is in front of you and then you try and replicate it and it's not <laughs> the food is terrible and people don't understand the dress code and this is the worst thing ever I think of those like TikTok sounds or whatever, where someone's playing on like a recorder, like <laughs> yes, a, a exactly. version of a song. It feels exactly. like that. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what it looks like for something to be done well and to be done beautifully. And so now, now it stings all the more to see it done yeah. poorly because yeah. you know what it is to have a beautiful party, to yeah. attend something amazing. And now here you are trying to create it for yourself and it's falling short and that hurts. Mm -hmm. And disappointment ensues in this moment. But now you're experiencing the results of something falling short. Mm -hmm. It stinks. You know there's better. I, I think of the story of King David and Bathsheba, mm -hmm. as you touched on a little bit in the beginning, but he lived a life in communion with the Lord. If we look at the Psalms, you know, it's full of his prayers and his songs to him. And mm -hmm. here he is in this big moment of moral failure um, and I can't imagine the feeling of failure and disappointment, not only over his own moral failure, but because he knows what it is to walk with the Lord. He yeah. knows what it is to find communion with him. Right. And he knows better. <laughs> exactly. And so I can, I can only imagine the sting of this, of this shortcoming. Right. Yeah. And in all of this, our hope, the hope that we have, the hope that David had, mm -hmm. <laughs> the hope that we have when life beats us down or when we sin is God's covenant yeah. faithfulness that he is faithful yes. that he is good that he is just yeah. that you know he is faithful when we're faithless another cliche mm -hmm. but he is consistent and faithful through all of time and yeah. all circumstances and situations and like we said before if we can if we can retrain ourselves mm -hmm. towards a bent of dependence and towards reaching out in those yeah. moments, it will only strengthen that understanding of his faithfulness that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to kind of take us back to something we've touched on a little bit, but 
Jesus died to show you his faithfulness and to, uh, it was more than to just show his faithfulness, but you know, to create this ultimate expression of it. Exactly. To fulfill this covenant that he had with us. And shouldn't that be convincing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? That he is faithful and even through the failure and even through these shortcomings, he's present because like you said, his faithfulness is our hope. Right. There's so many great biblical examples. I mean, the entire story of the Bible yeah. is proving this point, right? It is drawing a line between all of these different covenants, between God creating the world and the fall and proving mm-hmm. his faithfulness to do what he said he was going to do, right. right? But there's all kinds of stories that we can point to with different situations that we might be able to relate to and yeah. whether it's a moral failing or a disappointment of the world around us. And so we're going to address some of those right now. But one yeah. that I thought of immediately was the story of Joseph, yeah. right? Who has been more disappointed or let down? <laughs> this guy. Just the, the punches the keep punches. coming. <laughs> yeah. The punches just keep coming. And I mean, talk about being let down. Talk yeah. about being betrayed. Man, this talk guy. About, <laughs> talk He's about being frustrated. It. And not just once, but over and over <laughs> and over again. And every time that someone is faithless towards him or cruel or the world beats him down, right? God continues to be faithful to him through, you know, his obedience, right? Right. But God continues to be faithful to Joseph, continues to elevate him, continues to be, to be good to him (laughs) in all of those things. And ultimately God uses Joseph's obedience to bring restoration in his Mm -hmm. family, but also to, to spare his line and to bring them all, you know, to literally save a nation in the midst of plague and difficulty, but also to spare his family. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Absolutely. And I think um, these failures, I can't imagine he's sitting there being like, you know what? This is, you know, this isn't that bad. This is is fine. (laughs) This is, this is fine. (laughs) No, it's terrible. Like his brothers have just sold him. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. I don't think any of us can. No. His brothers sold him. And then he, you know, there's the whole situation with Potiphar's wife and he's, right. you know. Or he's wasting away in prison and the guys exactly. are like, oh, remember you do? Like, <laughs> yeah. they leave him there. Yeah, exactly. And it's just failure after failure. And I can't imagine that he's stoked on it ever. And I think that that is another maybe misconception in the midst of this is that we have to be stoked on everything. Like, you know what? This isn't that bad. Right. No, it can really like, sting. Yeah, like faith over fear like yeah. god is good people ask you and they're like how you do and you're like you know it's hard but god is good like yep. it's true god is you can say those time. things but we don't have to slap a yeah. happy response on every hard thing exactly. in our life that's because, not what we're saying right these things are horrible yeah. like joseph endured some truly terrible things right and the difference is that god is faithful in the midst and he used right. every bit of that to like he was saying bring fruit to this nation that he was put in leadership over you know god used him in a powerful way and he used those failures directly to get him there you know what yeah, i mean yeah it's pretty incredible so it's it's just i think the story of joseph really is a very comprehensive example of what does god's faithfulness look like in the midst of true devastating failure right and I think of another example in a totally different context, but Elijah, right? Elijah mm-hmm. in First Kings 19, when he is on the run from Jezebel and he gets so burnt out and so depressed yeah. and so tired. And, you know, he's just kind of wallowing in that. 
And even in, you know, that disappointment, there's huge disappointment in the circumstances, but mm-hmm. there's also some self-pity, some stuff going yeah. on there. God is faithful to him and kind and tells him like, okay, you need to, you need to eat. Like yeah. you need to take care of yourself. You need to rest and provides for him even in that moment. And, uh, another example is, is the whole story of Lazarus yeah. in John 11, uh, literal death, right? Yeah. But, but we have Lazarus's family. We have Mary and Martha and they have reached out to Jesus. They've said like, Hey, he's sick. We need your help. Yeah. And Jesus doesn't show up. Right. He doesn't show up in time. And Lazarus is dead. Yeah. Like that feels very final. That's, (laughs) that seems like the end. Yes. Certainly. Yeah. Right. And so you can imagine when Jesus arrives, he, there's a feeling there of like, we know who you are. We know what you can do. Why didn't you show up? Yeah. Where were you three days ago or whatever? whatever Yeah. And we don't check my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) We know how the story ends. We know that Jesus heals him and it's an even greater miracle, right? Because he has Mm -hmm. now raised a man from the dead. But I think that's really relevant to situations we find ourselves in where we look around and we're like, God, there's a way this could have gone down that was better and you did not protect me. Yeah. You did not save me. Where were you? Yeah. And he had a plan. He -hmm. had a better plan, right? He brought total restoration to the situation. Yes. But man, it seemed really confusing and really awful. Exactly. In the meantime. And same with what I was saying about Joseph. That situation actually really is devastating. It is. Lazarus is dead. Yeah. His family is mourning his death. Yeah. This is, you know, this is life altering. Right. But God, Jesus, is good in the midst of it. Yeah. His plans. And Ultimately, you know, him raising Lazarus from the dead was a setup to say, look, I I can raise the dead to life. Right. It pointed to his goodness and to his faithfulness and to his power and his glory. Yeah. Um, in a way that if he had just come and be like, um, right. cold be gone, you know, <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't have had the same effect. Yeah. And this isn't to say that every, you know, every single thing is a setup to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, we can complicate it. But in this situation, it's this opportunity for God to point to his ultimate power. Absolutely. And proving what he can do. Yeah. And it makes it even, you know, crazier that so throughout his whole ministry, he's he's telling the disciples like, hey, yeah, I'm about to do something. <laughs> like there's a there's a point <laughs> to all very, of this. Like this is about yeah, very, 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 very important. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a kingdom work there is an eternal work that i'm doing here it's not just about the romans it's not just about you i'm building something here yeah and he even gives direct hints at the end of his life where he's like i'm gonna die like i'm gonna come back like how can i put it a little bit more More clear i'm I'm going to die right but then another example of some serious disappointment jesus is arrested Mm -hmm. he's beaten and he is put to death on a cross. And his disciples are looking and they're the ones that are left, right. the ones that haven't run and scattered to the winds. Yeah. They're looking and they're like, there isn't no, like, what hope is there? They're devastated right. to the point that even when Mary comes back and is like telling them what happened, yeah. they're kind of like, yeah, okay, crazy. Yeah. Like, they don't, we've been through enough. Lady. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, don't put us through this. Yeah. But they so quickly forgot who mm. Jesus was, the power that yes. he had, what he walked in under, you know, the, authority of his father yeah but there's some serious (laughs) disappointment there yeah absolutely all rectified through the faithfulness of god to do what he said he was gonna do yeah 
yeah, he raised, he raised from the dead at the end of these three days, at the end of what was probably feeling like the biggest failure right. in history because these men have just been saying, this is our savior. Right. This is our king. And then he's put to death on a cross and he's he's looking pretty dead, you know, <laughs> like just. Yeah. In the tomb, he's, it's sealed, it's done. It's yeah. sealed. It It's finished. He said himself it's right. finished. Right. And um, and I would imagine that this is feeling pretty devastating. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the outcome, though, is even better than they could have imagined or understood. Yeah. Like they they didn't have the full picture. They were right. clearly confused on what was happening. Yeah. But then not only is he returned to them mm. right for a time but not yes. only is he returned to them their friend their rabbi their savior he has conquered sin yes he has conquered death he yeah. has he has had a greater victory than they could have ever mm. understood it's you know rome is still rome all yes. these things are still happening but there is the kingdom of god on earth and then but once, he has torn the veil he has torn the veil yes. and then they're given the holy spirit like that plan was better than they could have ever understood. Exactly. There is beauty that comes through failure. And hopefully that is the message we walk away from this episode yeah. with, right? Yeah. There is beauty in failure. Right. And I think we said this in a past episode, but nothing is ever done. Nothing yeah. is ever really dead until yes. it's done. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like that the Lord is in the business of bringing dead things to life. Mm -hmm. He is in the business of bringing beauty from ashes. Yeah. He has final victory yeah. and final say all things yeah all things will be redeemed in the end even these things that we struggle with in this life that we don't understand his kingdom is advancing and yeah. he will have the final say and that is the greatest hope we can have it gives me chills just saying yeah you know, just, i know just I, thinking about I, it i was listening to you i was like oh Goosies, my gosh yeah, <laughs> yeah like, this is this is good i guess you guys can't see me i'm like rubbing my arms <laughs> like oh god goosebumps um but so, yeah yeah how wow. does this inform the way that we face failure because we're not going to wake up when we lose somebody mm. that's important to us. We're not going to wake up once we've like yeah. really messed up and say, yes, like God has it like come get a wake yeah. up dancing. Another like, day. Yeah. <laughs> right. We have, we have emotions yes. and we have struggles. And so how do we face these things? I think the first thing that we can do in these situations mm. is we can take it as an opportunity to learn. Yes. Right. Approaching the Lord and saying, Lord, how do I move forward? Mm. <laughs> what is there that you're showing me? What is this bringing to light yeah guide me lord create in me a pure heart mm -hmm. having those kind of that kind of dialogue with the lord yeah. learning to turn towards him right uh and yeah asking him to reveal what's yeah. at the heart of things exactly i think of that create in me a pure heart oh lord and that is such a scary prayer to pray because he's going to answer it oh, yeah. and that Oof. purifying process is a lot um yeah. but i think of the whole you know refining fire imagery yes but like that the the chaff and the worthless yes. things they have to be burned away and that's yeah. not a painless process no <laughs> it's, no it's deeply painful and personal exactly but taking these failures as a moment to say lord help this create a pure heart within me yeah because otherwise we're going through failures and not gaining anything from them and then life just feels like it stinks <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it's failure after failure and you're not reaping anything yeah yeah I think another thing that we can do in the midst of failure is to practice and to establish mm. the discipline of thankfulness, yeah. of gratitude. And, you know, this isn't saying like, oh, well, remember what you're thankful for. Like that'll make mm -hmm. it all easier. Right. Yeah. But these are an opportunity to dig those wells. Yes. deep, <laughs> To dig the wells deep of our our understanding of God, yeah. of our 
uh, you know, our heart towards him in mm. the times that are dry and that are painful. Yeah. So that when we're out of those seasons, because those seasons end, they yes. always do. Those things are <laughs> rectified or they mm. soften over time, right? Even yes. loss and grief, like they soften over yeah. time. And then those, those wells are dug deep so that the mm. Lord has an opportunity to fill them and do even more with it than we could have imagined, right? Those roots go yeah. deep and deep and deep in those times of drought. Absolutely. We get so caught up in failure that we forget so many other areas of our life mm -hmm. are still intact. Yeah. And God is ultimately in control. Right. Because, you know, so often failure and disappointment feel so all consuming that we we truly do forget that we have so much to still be thankful for. And, you know, points that points of reference that we can look at and see, you know, the Lord is still faithful and he's yeah. still good because look at, you know, look at all I do still have mm. look at his goodness look at my community you mm -hmm. know whatever that is yeah another thing that i think is important in facing failure is before you're even in that kind of a situation mm. right say you're just flying high right now life is good yeah making a commitment to be steadfast yeah if you are not decided <laughs> if you are not doing the work when yes. you are in good times to be anchored mm. in the difficult times you're going to be shaken. You're yes. going to be thrown about like your foundation is on shifting sand. Yes. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy to do any of these things to turn towards the Lord or yeah. to be thankful or any of those things, because you're going to spend all your time questioning and spinning in circles. Right. So yeah. why not make a commitment that I am, I am the Lord's. I yes. am, I am his, I am committed to the truth of his word. And, you know, no matter what I understand or don't understand, this is this is true, right? And yes. if, you, if you haven't wrestled with that or reconciled it for yourself, do it now. Yes. <laughs> no time like the present. Right, exactly. You have an opportunity to make it so when these moments come, like Katie was saying, you aren't shipwrecked in your faith. Yeah. You aren't so shaken that you are questioning God's faithfulness because you are going in with the truth. Right. And, you know, I think when we're committed to that, we're committed to the Lord in that way, mm -hmm. we have a an opportunity to experience him as a refuge to mm, experience him yeah. as a comfort uh to experience his peace that surpasses understanding right yeah. if we're if we're just spinning and blaming and totally shaken yes. right it's hard to do that turning yeah. and you know releasing and that, to be dependent yeah absolutely and our lives are not without examples of failure we do not speak to you as people who have not experienced personal failure. And so we want to um, we want to share some of those things and how the Lord has used that. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you first. Katie. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I will I will let you go first. <laughs> wow. On this one. Thank you. <laughs> I I was thinking about this because I think that there's a few different directions I could have gone. But one of the things is as part of the graduating class of 2020, so everybody can cry for me. <laughs> no. yeah. But um, my whole senior year was derailed. And while I think that there was a lot of stuff at the time, like all oh, these kids complaining about losing their senior year, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. It was devastating to me. Like this was the end of what I had been working towards for, you know, however many years it is, 14 yeah. years, 13 years in school, 14 years in school makes it look like I didn't go to school, but 13 years in school. And I, you know, 
and everything at the last moment was pulled out from under me. And whether that was, you know, my plans for college being changed or my graduation barely happening or, you know, losing all these senior events. I didn't get grad night. I didn't get like all of these things that I've been looking forward to for so long and they were gone as was, you know, so many things for so many different people in this time. But this was, you know, my personal loss was I, you know, I was 18 and Mm -hmm. I lost, you know, my 18th birthday was in, in the street in front of my house. Like (laughs) there, there were so many things and there's joy in that. I can point back and say, that was so like, what a beautiful time. Cause the Lord did bring beauty from that. But there's also like a grief that comes from some of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that for a lot of people bred a lot of resentment because I have been, you know, I've been the victim of this loss and I am, I'm truly grateful for the way that I can say I'm proud of the way that I handled this particular loss, this particular failure, because I, I've truly viewed it as an example to see beauty in the midst of, um, in the midst of something just going absolutely not the way that I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And that bleeds into, not getting into the career path I wanted and not getting um, not getting into college the way that I wanted to or whatever. And so I'm still reaping the consequences of this time of failure. But God has brought so much goodness from it. And that was such a refining time for me that creating me a pure heart. Oh, Lord, was, you know, (laughs) was answered. (laughs) That prayer was answered because that was such a purifying and refining time and process and of course there have been other failures I've I feel morally all the time like I (laughs) I fall short of the glory of God every single day and so uh, there are definitely times I can point back to and be like whoa I I really fumbled the ball (laughs) there Mm -hmm. and but I can confidently say God has been there in the midst of everything yeah and you know I I lost my grandfather when I was 17 and that was really devastating because of the circumstances, just because of losing him, but the circumstances in general were pretty um, traumatic. And I wasn't alone, but Mm -hmm. I felt alone, but I leaned on God in that time. That was an opportunity to lean into his comfort because he, he never left. He was never absent. He never took a backseat. And so in the midst of that sorrow, the Lord was present and he was powerful and I can come out of that knowing I'm closer to him and closer to his goodness yeah. um, because of it. Yeah. I relate to like the time of life that you're talking about specifically. Mm-hmm. There have been other things in life and disappointments and things that I felt were like taken from me or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but specifically starting in my senior year of high school, I had some, um, started this like chain of events (laughs) that kind of culminated in my early twenties, but I had a two separate like medical emergencies and things that, um, one was just like an illness that knocked me out for most of my senior year. And the other one was sort of a long-term condition that I found out that I was going to be dealing with that would affect like probably my fertility found out that wasn't an issue, but like those kinds of things that I was like, 18 and I was looking at these things and I was like excuse me like (laughs) what do you mean right um that were pretty like difficult to wrestle with but Mm. then you know moved forward moved on with my life uh moved into college two weeks later my grandmother passed away 
that month, my other grandmother was diagnosed with cancer and then we found out she had Alzheimer's and yeah. then I was her caretaker. And then my um, grandfather died <laughs> and like just all these things like happened one thing after another. And my grandmother yeah. with Alzheimer's moved in with us and we just had all of these things happen one after the other. And by my sophomore year of college, I was pretty shaken mm. <laughs> and pretty deeply depressed yeah. and I wasn't really able to acknowledge that and I wasn't asking for help and I wasn't turning yeah. to the Lord I was just you know I was still like following God right but I just I was trying to handle it on my own and I ended up in such a like pit of <laughs> despair and depression and some anger mm -hmm. like towards God that I started to like suffer in the way that I was like doing my schooling ended yeah. up failing an entire semester of college had mm -hmm. to leave the school that I was at and uh it was pretty hopeless. I was looking yeah. at that and I was like, well, I just royal. And I was like 4.0 student. Yeah. Right? Like up until this point, this was not an issue for me. Right. But there was some pride involved in all of this. And then there was the sin of, you know, lying and covering these mm. things up and trying to get myself together before yeah. I asked for any help, which is just ridiculous. And um, all of this kind of, my mom said this in the mom's episode, mm -hmm. but once I faced all of it and the consequences became too great to bear, yeah, it was a really humbling time and it was an opportunity for the Lord to remake me. Mm. <laughs> and my identity had been in my competence and my intelligence and my ability to do things well mm. and in my family and in all of these things that were yeah. all of a sudden just like, whoop, like ripped out from under me, yeah. systematically one after the other, where I physically didn't feel good, physically didn't trust my body to take care of me. Yeah. I didn't trust my my own brain. I didn't trust my emotions. Mm -hmm. Like all these things, I felt like I had no friends Yeah, because I had isolated myself in so many ways. It was a really hard time, but God remade me. Yeah. He, he met me. <laughs> I got to the literal end of myself mm. and he met me there and he used counsel mm -hmm. and counseling like yes. actual therapy yeah big proponent of that christian therapy mm -hmm. um he used second chances yeah. <laughs> right and different different opportunities to teach me dependence on him to reestablish my identity yeah and um i'm so grateful <laughs> which sounds crazy and so you know placating or whatever but i'm really grateful for all those things yeah. that happened, I don't, I'm not happy with the way that it went down, but I'm looking at it and I know that those failures just revealed ways that I had trusted in myself and in things that I thought to be solid foundations yeah. that were not. And I had to find something that wasn't ever going to shake. Yeah. And that was the Lord and that was his word. And, um, yeah, I, I unfortunately <laughs> am acquainted with failure in yeah. multiple ways and also know that it is the greatest gift God has given yes. me to take those things away before I really establish myself based on mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So that's Absolutely. what I would, that's what I would leave you with. Wow. I love that. I just, I'm always struck by the end of whatever episode we record, but particularly struck today, just the faithfulness of the Lord is so evident in our stories and I'm sure you know in future episodes you'll get to know even more yeah. there's so many layers even to like the the brief things we've shared there's so many right. layers those are the like 30,000 yeah. <laughs> kind of situations um but the Lord is just so so good and I'm always always struck by that but particularly struck today yes so 
I it always feels awkward to wrap this up, <laughs> but I'd love to wrap it up by just reminding you guys that we have our Patreon up and running. Mm. We have completed our first little week of our yes. intro discussion for Mere Christianity. But this week, as in this Friday after this episode mm-hmm. comes out, we're going to be starting chapter one. So if you want to get involved, the base layer, the cheapest one is $5 a month. Yes. Like a coffee. Yes. <laughs> and we want to have this conversation with you. We want to walk with you through this book mm-hmm. and challenge you and challenge ourselves to um, seek the Lord in a deeper way. And yeah, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be a yes. good time. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Katie's podcast or email us at our email at the Katie's podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We can't wait to hear from you. And we will talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye.